Let's go to John chapter 16. I want to just talk to you about spiritual help. Oh, I love the idea of help. And I remember years ago, John Lennon wrote Help, the song. And he, he was inspired by the way Bob Dylan wrote ballads and wrote his sort of folk approach and the rhythms. He wanted to do it in a more somber style. But George Martin, the fifth Beatle, the producer, said, no, you, you really, that doesn't sound like a Beatles song. It sounds kind of morbid. So let's speed it up. So, you know, help, I need somebody, help. Not just, and it, and it, but it's really a desperate cry from a broken heart. And even though he was, he was up in a high level, he, was, he, he, was, he had been a down-and-outer in Liverpool, but he was also an up-and-outer. You know, he lost his mom early in life, and he went through things. They played in the rubble of post-war uh, Liverpool, uh, all those Beatles did, and I, I, you know, spent time, we lived in Liverpool, and I, I saw the places where they lived, they played in the rubble, actually, so um, that's part of what drove them and, uh, to overcome and that kind of thing, but, Paul, but John writing, uh, I, when I was younger, so much younger than today, I didn't need any help from anybody in any way, but now those days are gone, and I'm not so self-assured, uh, you know, so he, he was, I think, sort of articulating by, as a songwriter what Solomon articulated in Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in our hearts. There's, there's this thing that only Jesus can fill. And that, I think I'm preaching to the choir because I just heard you sing. And meaning you, you, there's buy-in. You guys understand this, right? You understand the need for the Lord Jesus, right? And uh, I believe we're going to start to see more and more visits from people that are entry level, like I was 50 years ago as a teenager, when I had never really darkened the doors of church. Uh, but then I found my way in, and I, I got uh, the gospel presented to me faithfully and boldly and accurately, and it changed my life, changed my life. And um, Jesus is a, he's a game changer. He's, he's a savior who saves. He's a rescuer who rescues. He's a healer who heals. And he's good at this. And he, and he says in, in, um, in John chapter 16, he says, uh, oh, let's go to verse 5. But now I, I'm going to him who sent me. When he said this, they were dejected like, we, we don't want you to go. No, Lord, don't go. That's, Peter even said, don't, no, no, don't die on the cross. He said, get behind me, Satan. Don't try to talk me out of it. This is my mission. This is my secret ambition to give my life away as a ransom for others. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And why wouldn't it? They've enjoyed watching Jesus go from village to village, uh, healing all manner of sickness and disease casting out demons, rectifying one situation after the other in an exemplary way, and they're like attached to him. They're thinking, this is the promise of Israel. This is the Redeemer who has finally come. And, he, and then he's saying, I'm going to go and suffer and die. And, and you know, of course it produced a sorrow. He says, but I'll tell you the truth. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go, if I do not go away, the capital H, helper, will not come to you. Everybody say help. help. Uh, he will not come to you if I don't go away. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now this is speaking of the third person of the Trinity. God the Father sent Jesus 
and Jesus is to suffer and die, and he's going to go be with the Father, and then the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh, and he is described here by Jesus himself as the capital H, helper. The word is parakletos. It's a Greek word that has a, a vast uh, kind of a way to describe it in, in, the, in the Amplified uh, Bible of chapter uh, 14, verse 26, when it talks about the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I command you. That's in chapter 16, uh, well, in chapter 14, verse 26. And the, the itemized variables describing the Holy Spirit and the Amplified as our comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Who, who's happy to hear that? Let's just look at those again. He's the God of all comfort. He wipes away every tear from our eyes. There's excessive sorrow sometimes in our human existence. We inevitably lose loved ones, and it's like a, it creates a, a, a huge impact on our emotions and on our, just the way our lives go from then on. And yet, thank God we have the Holy Spirit to comfort us. He's a God of all comfort, and he comforts us with the comfort, and then we can comfort with the comfort with which we're comforted by God. We need to know the comforter so we can carry and be comforted and then carry the comforter. Come on, it's good. The helper, help, he, he comes in and he lifts the burden. He comes in and he shines light on the scriptures. He comes in and he referees when you're going through a conflict with a loved one or with a, a, a co-worker or, or, or something of those, uh, those, those relational areas. Aren't you glad he is a, oh, I love Psalm 46 verse 1. We got to go and look at it. Psalm 46 verse 1 it, you know, he, he's called another helper in the New Testament. So that means we've got multiple layers of help. Look what it says in Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. That's why we were saying, hallelujah. We're not just in some sort of mob uh, hypnosis, going through some sort of trance, trying to sing troubles away. No, we're, we've identified crystal clear uh, no holds barred. There's a God who is a friend of sinners. There's a God who turns a sinner into a saint. There's a God who turns a saint into a spirit-filled, thinking, quality human being that could go through life with joy, be led forth with peace, and watch chains fall off, burdens break, and answers to prayer come. Hallelujah. Look at this. The Lord is our refuge and our strength. Psalm 46, verse 1, and this is what I want to get over to you. Psalm 46, verse 1, the last part of Psalm 46, verse 1. The Lord is a refuge and a strength, a very present help in trouble. I'm going to ask you something. Who says, well, you're very present today? If I walked up to you on the, on the patio out there and you're coming out of your car and I go, well, you're very present today, they'd go, you go, Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Boy, do I need to pray for my pastor. He just said I'm very present. But, but I, I think God, he, you know, with the Hebrew, with the original languages, he wants us to know how emphatic and how real this is. He's, very, he's not just a present help. He's a very present help. He's very on top of things. Um, so, you know, the Elvis impersonator from the play gave me a hat from Graceland, a black hat. It has an Elvis sign on, on the gold uh, embroidery. 
and uh, it says uh, TCB with a lightning bolt on the front. And, and I, I didn't, I'm not familiar with that. And he, it's, it's taking care of business. That was his, that was his, he has that on the side of his, I think the Lisa Marie plane and stuff like that. Taking care, everybody say taking care of business. And uh, then ZZ Top comes along and they, they, uh, they have a song, taking care of business is his name, right? So they must've gone to Sunday school when they grew up in, t- in Texas. Or they must have heard about Elvis who went to Sunday school when he grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi, and then moved to Memphis, right? But I want to tell you that God's middle name is taking care of business. And he's a very present help. That's his first name and his last name, too. He's our redeemer. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He's our shalom, our peace. He's my redeemer lives. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. 1 Peter 2.24. He bore my sins on Calvary. Don't you know how glad I am because I was lost in my sin and nothing, I repeat, nothing could have got me out of the peril of my own sin. But look at what it says here in John chapter 16. It says here, it says, now I'm going and you don't really get it, but I'm going to send a helper to you. And, he, and then in verse 8, he says, and when he, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been cast down now look sin and judgment are harsh and it's like the bread of a sandwich but the heart of the matter is righteousness he says look I'll become sin for you and I'll take your judgment in order that you might be made right this is the gospel of Jesus this is why we're a church this is why I'm up here preaching. This is why we open up our Bibles and bother to show up. This is why we tithe and give offerings. This is why we pray and serve. This is why we follow through and don't quit. Because it's a truth. And Jesus said, look, man. And I think about it. I sat in the front yard of John Lennon's house. And I looked at the big tree that he says uh, when, when he sang... Uh, uh, you know, he was in his tree. He used to go up in his tree and sit on. I sat, looked at the branch on the tree he sat in when he was a kid. And I just thought about his childhood. I got so burdened. Instead of being enamored like Beatlemania, ooh, I wish I could be like that. No, then it's like I see something of the, of the hurt and I listen to some of the things like George Harrison singing about the material world and like going into... Eric Clapton's yard to try to dodge a business meeting and, and they'd had such terrible winters and it was and, and he wanted and he was going through such trouble. He used to it used to be fun-loving and exuberant music playing, and then it became a bunch just a burden and a bunch of suits and business. And and, and he and he got out there and he and he sang, Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Finally, after like four years of harsh winters and unusually cold, you know, it was like a uh, it was, it was, it, there finally was some sunshine. And man, when England has sunshine, you ought to write about it. I mean, it was, it's like that most of the time. But can I tell you? He says, I, I have many more things to, to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He says, but, but, but when he, the spirit of truth comes... Look at this, verse 13. He will guide you. Isn't it good to know the helper is willing to give us guidance? Should I buy that house? Should I take that job? 
Should I follow up on that invitation? Should I say no? You know, you said let your yes be yes and your no be no. Are you telling me I, you can help me with these? Are you willing to help me with these even minor, seemingly minor, minor details? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he will help us. He will guide us into all the truth. I want to show you here that there's substantial evidence to prove that when he comes, he'll guide us, he'll lead us, and that we, in fact, have spiritual help, and we could be led by the Holy Spirit. Look what it says. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Now, I believe that applies to end-time fulfillment of what the prophecies are in the Scriptures, but I also believe it pertains to you and me in the daily steps of our lives. And that he'll show us things to come. Last service, I announced that Micah Schneeberger asked uh, Jerry uh, Owens for her hand in marriage, and she said yes. And they grew up. They grew up in this church. They were little kids and growing up in this church, and they met, fell in love. Parents are cool with it. I'm excited about it. And there's a thing of timing, and I believe, you know, the, the Lord leads that way. He leads that way. We had our firstborn daughter, and then Dick Mills came, and he prophesied to our youngest daughter. She'd be married before all the siblings. She burst into tears. You know why? Because she was like 11 or 12 years old. You know, you, you prophesy to an 11 or 12-year-old, you're going to get married first. She went, Aah! At that point, guys had cooties. She wasn't, you know, it's like. And that actually had happened. We all went to her wedding, and she was the first born, married person of the, of the youngest girl, and yet first to get married. Um, but yet, you know, Chelsea bought into these truths, as did her fiancé, Brian, and thank God, uh, in this season. But some people, well, this was finally, finally a little bit late. <laughs> people say stupid stuff. But God's timing, on the other hand, is absolutely not stupid stuff. God's timing... Is God's timing. And can I tell you, it's beautiful. His timing is, so when people say, yeah, God's the God of the 11th hour, the 59th minute, well, maybe because we're so impatient. And we look at it like, finally. No, listen, we want to submit to this Holy Spirit that's our helper, our comfort, our standby, our intercessor. He's our guide. You know, it says in Romans 8, 14, it says something about so profound about the new birth and about the results of the new birth. That when you're in Christ, you're a new creation, and you get activated. John 10 says, my sheep know my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. There's a knowing. There's like a spiritual uh, mechanism that's enlivened where you know. I watch these little babies be born, and we have five grandkids now, and I watch their cognitive skills as little humans, and they have little ears, and they can hear, and they look, and they, they have face recognition software, and they, they can tell the difference between their mom and other people, and they, they want their mama, you know, that kind of thing. And spiritually, when you're born of God, you get activated. And this says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, that the, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I just, if you want to know the truth about my desires for my decision-making and my flow, I, I just want to be led. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. His word's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, so I've, I want to ardently follow 
the written word of God, do what it says. The Bible says if we do the word, not just hear it, we'll be blessed in what we do. How many of you, that appeals to you, you'll be blessed. It says in Proverbs 3, 1, uh, my, for, don't forget my teaching, my son. Don't forget. Don't be forgetful. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. And then it goes into this extreme dividend for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. I was out there in the, in the patio and a, a KC DJ just turned 74 last Tuesday. And then the Dugos came in, who both just came through COVID, and they, are re- they do outreach to college campuses, and they reach people from all the nations they have for years. And uh, uh, he's in his 80s. He's 85. And, so, the, and he, so he was basically saying, you whippersnapper. So then the 74-year-old said, yeah, I'm still trying to dry the water out from behind my ears. Wet behind the ears, you know that phrase? So, hallelujah. And God, I watched the, God be so good to these people. He's, this one's recently received Jesus. The others have been walking with God. I'm just, I just, it's a, it's a sight to behold. When you see the Holy Spirit and the friendship and the engagement we could have with him, and that we don't want to grieve him, and we don't want to quench him. We want to get everything out of the way that would hinder this, because there can be spiritual uh, uh, prompting and, and the flow of learning how to know the master's voice and, and growing in it and being sensitive to it. And so, number one, we just have to understand God is spirit. John chapter uh, 4, God is spirit. Those who worship must worship him in spirit and truth. And that Proverbs 20, verse 27 tells it like this. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost parts of his being. So what's that really saying is God's not primarily speaking to our intellect, and he's not speaking through our sensory reinforcement of our five physical senses. God is spirit. And in, John, in, in, Mar, in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, uh, at the new birth, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God. His spirit bears witness. When the King James says testifies. This, his spirit testifies. King, a new American says testifies. King James says bears witness. So there is this subtle yet real uh, uh, engagement that the whole, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to have with your human, recreated human spirit. Now, the thing, what happens with the lost when we're all dead like a, a doornail? Uh, his, he's dealing and convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Thank God the Holy Spirit was dealing with me when I was a lost kid. And he brought me into a place of repentance and conviction. And I heard the word, I became alive by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You right now, that, that, that his word is life-giving. He's imparting something into your spirit right now. He's training you for uh, kingdom duties, further kingdom duties. He's urging us into this place where we acknowledge, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Say that with me. I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. Some of you are saying, what's that? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's verse 23, The prayer Paul prays for the Thessalonian church. It's like St. Louis Family Church, only it's in Thessalonica in Greece on the the Mediterranean. He says, now may the God of peace himself, aren't you glad he's the God of peace? 
sanctify or set you apart or work out your salvation and help you out entirely. See, I, I believe in holistic entirety, but I also believe in understanding these dimensions. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, aren't you excited that faithful is he who calls you and he'll also bring it to pass? Was we know, we, we look in the mirror and we go, man, God, I'm a piece of work, but I'm your workmanship. And I've been created for good works. And I've got to submit my body to you and I've got to get my mind renewed. You've activated my spirit and I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I've received a spirit of adoption. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can get along with hard times and I can get along in high times. I saw uh, Debbie Shaw Frank come in bounding with her smile and just as, has this quality. And I, but I remember when she went through cancer. And I remember when she had to wear a wig and then she said she... She, uh, then one day she came and just with her head, just, she, just, she just bicked it and it was shaved. And she's like, I'm just dealing with this. And I said, what happened? She goes, well, I used a flat iron on my wig and then it got kind of messed up. And I had left it on the dashboard and the sun hit it. And when I put it on, it looked like roadkill. So I just <laughs> left it at home. And, and, and so that's, yeah, you're laughing. But it was tough. I remember she was dealing with, she was pale and, she was, and her husband battled it. I mean, and they came through. So I, when I see them, and they're vibrant, and they're rosy cheeks, and I, I, she knows how to abase, and she knows how to abound. There she is right there with her real hair, and healed, and smiling. And, but, but let me tell you about that lady. That lady's awesome. Because that lady was beaming sunshine when she was going through the hard place. Because she knows how good the Lord is. And he, she's known how to get along in hard times, and she's known how to get along in high times. And we all, I take a survey, we all like high times a whole lot better, right? But we have learned that we can abase and we can abound. We can get along in hard times. We can get along in high times. Well, that's how it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He strengthens us. He helps us. Help is on the way. Jesus said, it's good that I go. It's to your advantage. I love the word advantage. They use that in credit card companies, the advantage of membership, you know. An advantage. Uh, you, you need to uh, actually take an inventory on that. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. I shared about not being forgetful uh, on Friday, but I'll just share a little seed of it. That we're to, he pardons all of our iniquities, heals all of our diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Look at this. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Pastor Jeff, you just are up there being all happy and sassy and you're preaching and you're idealizing everything. No, I am not. I'm not idea. We're in a building that had 10 feet of water in it in a flood, and not just water, silt, and not just silt, a cottonwood tree, not just a cottonwood tree, but frogs and snakes. And not just frogs and snakes in a cottonwood tree and silt and muddy water. We had mold. We had to spray the ceiling with bleach. Don't you tell me I'm idealizing anything, but I will tell you this. He said it's to your advantage that I go. Because I'm going to send you a helper. 
And I just have to tell you, we can be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be God inside minded. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and now our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And there are about a hundred scriptures that talk about being in Christ. When you're in Christ and you're seated in, positionally in heavenly places, man, you're onto something. That's why I'm a Christian. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful position to be in, to be loved by the Father, to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, to be washed white as snow, though your sins were as scarlet, right? And to be, a, be a, a new creature and to be able to carry that through your lifespan and face the inevitability of death with a confidence that, uh, that because he's the resurrection and the life, even when we die, we live. I'm a Chris, Christmas and Easter Christian. Now, that means different things. I used to just go to church at Christmas and Easter. We would just go those two times in the year because it was celebrating his birth and celebrating his death and resurrection. So it was like, it was like uh, you know, uh, the nursery and then the cemetery. And that, but now, now I am a Christmas and Easter Christian. And a lot of people, there's some denominations that, well, that because Easter and Christmas aren't really high holy days in the Bible, we don't celebrate them. Well, I celebrate them every day. Because he's the resurrection and the life, uh, there's hope for me. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I think about how good he is, and I think about these truths, you going through hard times in a relationship, God will help you out. Don't let the enemy suppress you or try to hinder you and get you snared. Man, we need to get our spiritual lives so fortified so that in case we run into a John Lennon who's saying, help, I need somebody, we might have something to offer. And always, always carrying Jesus central in our hearts so we know what we should say. Let's stand up on our feet. I'm going to get ready to finish with this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. I just don't want to walk in the flesh. Don't misunderstand me. I, I go to the gym and I feed myself and I try to... You know, I, I took a shower this morning. Aren't you glad for that? I take care of my body. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. But I don't want to be dominated by my body because my flesh is stupid. My flesh, if it gets sent five pints of Jenny's ice cream, is going to want to eat all five of them at the same time when they have 1,070 calories in those little tiny little containers. And you want to eat all of them, and, and it's only 5,000 calories. My mind wants to get snooty and elitist and lean on its own understanding. But I tell you what, I want to walk in the Spirit. So I just pray, in the name of Jesus, you realize you're a spiritual being and that you have distinction between spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Go out with joy.